0: When Jesus noticed how the guests sought out the best seats at the table, he told them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding celebration, don't take your seat in the place of honor. Someone more highly regarded than you could have been invited by your host. The host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give your seat to this other person. Embarrassed, you will take your seat in the la- the least important place. Instead, when you receive an invitation, Go and sit in the least important place. When your host approaches you, he will say, Friend, move up here to a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. Then Jesus said to the person who had invited them, When you host a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives or rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return, and that will be your reward. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. Instead, you will be repaid when, you, when the just are resurrected. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, "'Happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom.'" Jesus replied, A certain man hosted a large dinner and invited many people. When it was time for the dinner to begin, he sent his servant to tell the invited guests, Come, the dinner is now ready. One by one, they all began to make excuses. The first one told him, I bought a farm and must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought five teams of oxen and I'm going to check on them. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. When he returned, the servant reported these excuses to his master. The master of the house became very angry and said to his servant, Go quickly to the city streets and the busy ones and the side of the streets and bring the poor, crippled, blind, and lame. The servant said, Master, your instructions have been followed and there is still room. The master said to the servant, go to the highways and back alleys and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. I tell you, not one of these who are invited will taste my dinner.
1: Nice job. Thank you. The food was delicious, but it was, this party was the really beautiful thing. Like, I can tell there was a lot of thought that went into making this particularly beautiful. We're not really church people, but this is really special. Thanks for whatever this is. I took this note of thanks as I wrangled Tables cleaning up for one of our block parties a few years ago with a neighbor I barely knew from some youth soccer that we had invited that morning on a whim. And he took it upon himself, not only to show up with his family, but also to help clean up. There's something about a good party that always kind of blurs the border between guest and host. Hospitality makes room for mutuality, among other things. His kind words... Really warmed this pastor's heart. Not least because it seemed like he really noticed and received some of the hope of the whole thing. He understood the assignment. He articulated the vision. From the beginning, the idea was to to throw a party just for a party's sake. Because something about a good party is just good news. Like, gospel stuff even without like the altar call or the targeted mail campaign to follow like the thought was what if at the middle of this busy intersection the same busy intersection there was just a race and like many of us came into a walk-up music that we didn't choose but was kind of perfect for us thunderstruck and I want to dance with somebody you know what if at the middle of this busy intersection with all this stuff happening and all these lives crisscrossing and barely missing each other and sometimes bumping into each other? What if at the confluence of all of these different neighbors living different lives, what if we could just convene and just celebrate, just be together? What if we could just set a table as a church community and then foot the bill? it would be pretty fun. There was also some like Isaiah 55 logic in here, if I'm going to show the math. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy milk and wine without money, without cost. Those were kind of the ground rules that we set for ourselves. Nothing costs anything for our neighbors. No strings attached. And we have everything right here already for a pretty darn good party. If I do say so myself. Over the years, we've seen this fall block party turn into um, such a witness of God's generosity, sometimes for our neighbors, but most often for us. It it reminds us of the gifts of this place, the, the joy of strange and beautiful tables and the power of invitation. In this Jesus parable, Jesus starts to tell stories as Jesus does and of course the image that he reaches for is that of a party first he's kind of got to clear some ground for his friends and his followers and especially the more fancy religious people that he finds himself around and all of them are kind of used for used to parties and they're used to jockeying jockeying for position at parties they're the sort of people and maybe you're this sort of person or you know this sort of person that is kind of obsessed with where they're going to sit before they get there, like they want to know the table arrangement at the wedding reception. And so he tells this kingdom story meant to pull them into this drama of what God wants to do around them and through them, that God wants to set crowded tables, strange, unwieldy feast with friends they haven't met yet and if we're being honest, probably people they wouldn't have really thought to invite on their own. Jesus knows all too well the sorts of excuses that are gonna start to fly when he offers an invitation to a party not of our own making. I hear similar excuses to these, not as many oxen. I've offered some of these similar excuses. It's a little hard to commit to a party that you don't feel like you're in control of. Don't know if the food's gonna be good. Certainly don't know what the conversation's gonna be like. There are better uses of our time, of course, than a party. Sensible things, like getting to know my farm, or my oxen, or my wife. Not listed in order of importance, I hope. Jesus, don't you know that we're busy and that the weekends are a great time to catch up or just watch football? Four screens on one TV now. It's wild. It's precisely this order, that the, getting our households in order, it's precisely this order that Jesus wants to shake up. When is the last time you were part of something, a party? A group that you didn't make and you wouldn't choose for yourself, like we're we're in like the era of the like curated experience. I don't have to do the preacher thing and be like, the iPhone has the letter I in it because it's all about me, you know, sort of thing. But it, to some extent, it's true. We 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 rarely. Delve into things not of our own making or choosing, and we have so many opportunities to buffer ourselves from that kind of scary or unsafe or unknown experience. This party um, is how Jesus imagines God's kingdom. And as he's saying this, there's that guy sitting up front, that guy, uh, and he says, Happy are those who enter into God's kingdom. He has, like, the exact right answer. He, he, he answers Jesus with an amazing beatitude. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus looks at him and says, yes. And <laughs> this feast is going to be a little weird. <laughs> Hang in there. This is what makes it good. Um, uh, this week I was looking for a, a graphic that we had used for um, the Black Party. And I, when I do that and I search things, I always come up with um, random ideas that I had in the past that I never did anything with. And so it, if I suddenly die and y- y'all find my hard drive, there are going to be all these like stickers and T-shirts that never happen. And one of them was for a bumper sticker. And this might happen. It says, keep church weird local, or keep church small, local, and weird. Um, And I deeply in my bones believe that, right? And I think that's a little bit what Jesus is doing here. He's keeping God's kingdom small, local, and weird with this invitation to this party. He's beginning to show that God's kingdom is deep and wide and configured around crowded tables with plenty of room. So that we don't ever feel like we only have to opt for, like, smooth, sensible, easy, fun, or without friction experiences. He says, when you do that, that's just kind of a party with its own payoff. You've already received your reward when you just invite friends and you just keep your circle close. Instead, have a a vision and build a capacity, and you're going to have to kind of build a capacity because this is weird, hard stuff, for radical and ragged fellowship. Strange times together around crowded tables that make no sense apart from the fact that God made them. Or that, for us, that Jesus stands in the middle of that fellowship. That's kind of what we're doing every potluck meal. There's this, this, like, haunting overarching expectation that I sit down at one of those white plastic tables that is not particularly new, even though it's very clean, um, and I sit across from someone and I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe that somehow Jesus is going to make this work. Somehow Jesus, by God's spirit, is going to bind us together is going to open our hearts up to each other. That Jesus stands in the middle of the fellowship and apart from him, it would fall apart. That's faith stuff. That's kind of out there ideas. I know I'm dating myself here with this, but we'll just keep going anyways. Um, Seinfeld? Does anyone know Seinfeld? It's like proto Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> you said this kind of gag um, that the friend group revolved only around Jerry, right? And Jerry was always the convener. They always were bursting into his apartment, even though that bicycle never went anywhere. Does anyone ever notice that? And one time, this whole conceit got exposed in this scene where Jerry had to stay back and watch a friend's dog, and George and Elaine had no idea how to relate to each other, but it would be too awkward to cancel their hangout. And so, so they go, and they struggle along, and they're stumbling in conversation, and, and, and the, they can't figure it out until they start to talk about Jerry like, together. And they're like, oh, Jerry loves that. He, did you he know Jerry did that? You know? Their strange friendship to say nothing of, like, Cosmo Kramer, also, is built around Jerry's presence. It's built around Jerry. Like, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is certainly not Jesus, though he's Jewish, you know? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in Jesus' story, this there's a certain man, always flags should go up when a certain man gets named in a parable, this certain man gets news of all the folks that have dropped off of his inv- invitation list, and, and like, <laughs> these perils are wild. Jesus is an amazing storyteller. So he starts to get mad, this certain man, and he starts to just kind of rage invite the last least lost littlest and closest to death. It's like, if you don't want to come, we're going to make this a weird party, right? <laughs> That's one way to do it, I guess. The master of the house becomes angry and says to his servant, go quickly to the city streets, the busy ones, and the side streets, and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Oh. You get the sense, at times, Jesus is kind of like venting through these stories. <laughs> this never happens when I like tell stories to my kids, Right. But Jesus, like, uses humor to hide some of the absurdity of the kingdom invitations that are getting declined for grown-up reasons, right? He's kind of making fun of the grown-up reasons, I think. Rather than, like, all of us just, like, coming into this kingdom mindset of, like, the six-year-old version of ourselves who would never think to turn down a party invitation. To bounce, like, if there's a bounce house, I'm there even though it's like completely lost on me that I don't really know this person. I only got invited because everyone in the class had to get invited. Like, we're just going to keep moving in that direction. I'm going to mine everything I know about this little person, try to buy them that $10 thing at Target. We're going to try to round up some tissue paper and wrap it on the way there, and I'm going to have a ball, right? Maybe that's a little bit how the kingdom of God works in this story. That We should be more like that than the responsible person with farms and oxen and spouses, right? This all kind of sounds sweet, I guess. Like, it's a pretty cool animating vision for our block party, but, like, this has to begin to capture our collective imagination. Like, it's almost like a, like, um like a neighborhood sacrament, like a, a visible, tangible, active, participatory thing that, that shows us these invisible, intangible spiritual realities, these big kingdom themes, and we get to participate in it. But let's also not forget some of the, like the, the real-world cash-out here. For the kingdom of God being shown in this way, it means there's there's like a a deep inversion at play. The feast is not just for the busy or the full It's actually not for the busy or full at all it's it's for the 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 empty it's for the hungry It's for the people that jump at the opportunity to be invited to anything so you can Look at that! You can read some of that from Jesus, and you be like, "Jesus, what kind of Marxist are you?" Or you can just flip back some pages in Luke's Gospel and realize that Jesus was just Mary's boy. Do we remember her song? "My soul magnifies the Lord. From the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior." He looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He's shown strength with his arm. He's scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He's pulled the powerful down from their thrones and he's lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away empty-handed. And he's come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to his ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. We see this flip, this kingdom inversion, and it has to begin to reorient our lives and our expectations, our imaginations. I'll never forget, and this is where I'll, I'll close. Years ago, we had a pot, uh, park potluck, not a pot parkluck. Um, the youth will do that at some point. Um, just like today, and I, I can't quite remember if we like did it ad hoc because we didn't realize there was going to be a race out there and we knew we had to get out of the building. Anyways, um, we just read this this passage or one of the parallel passages like it made our way down to the park to feast. And um, I was joined by a a friend named Deb, and I'd known her from time with the community at Reality Ministries in North Street. And she came up, like, flying up to me, harried. (laughs) It was very urgent. She needed to know, where are our highways and our byways? Where are they? (laughs) I was like... Uh, there's Brightwood Avenue and, you know. If it was going to be a real party to Deb and she was taking this kingdom invitation very seriously, we needed to get the invitation out. and We needed to know where and how to do that. We had food. We needed the people on the highways and the byways. And I'll always remember that encounter. I'll always remember her seriousness and her urgency. That question has always stuck with me, and I never want it to leave me. Where are those places? Who are those neighbors? Who are needing the invitation? Who, who could I invite? Who might invite me? <laughs> who might open up that crowded table of God's kingdom to us? Who, who might set it and, and ready it? Who might... Fill it with good things. This is our this is our work together. Like <laughs> in a couple weeks, this is what we'll be doing, um, but but that'll just be that'll, that'll just be like a a hot spot moment <laughs> for this long slow work that we are continuing to to find and to contribute to and to gather around these crowded tables. Y'all pray with me. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for these kingdom stories that um, are funny and weird and um, invitational. Um, Help us participate in them. Don't let us just sit back and um, read them like they don't implicate and invite us. Um, Guide us in this work together. Um, Be right in the middle of our fellowship. Uh, We thank you for your spirit that makes all of this possible. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.